This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe, the number is 94198377. You've been listening to the same. Ask a scientist to design a better violin and you get a dirty look. While the instrument seems simple, the science behind it is not. Such is bicycle stability. The machine appears uncomplicated, but the theories governing its motion are are nightmarish. Some things just can't be easily defined by physics and mathematics. The interaction of the body, mind, muscles, terrain, gravity, air and bicycle are so complex that they defy exact mathematical solutions. The feel and handling of a bike borders on art. Like the violin, it has been largely designed by tough inspiration and experimentation. This lovely spring, early spring morning here in Melbourne, you're listening to the Yarrabud Radio Show here on 3CR. Podcasting, streaming in the kitchen. No, no, streaming on the computer, <laughs> listening to the tradie in the kitchen. Welcome to another show. Many thanks to Amy Goodman and Democracy Now! And today's show, Andrew's our guest again. Andrew, good morning. Welcome, thank you. And good morning, Faith. Good morning, Val. And it's a beautiful day, actually. It is. It is, yeah. yes. And um, what are we going to do? We're going to tackle a bicycle moment shortly. <laughs> Faith, have you got something to share with us on this lovely day? Um, my bicycle moment was uh, coming up Napier Street, the regular route to the studio. Um and it's becoming a habit that you, as you ride up Napier Street, especially if you do it at even a slightly different time to normal, um, you run into people you know from elsewhere who you don't regularly see. So uh, I, a few, maybe a couple of months ago now, ran into Katie, someone I know only from the counter of a wine bar in Brunswick. <laughs> <laughs> and... and <laughs> Um, and this morning it was uh, someone else I know who was one of my writers at Treadley Magazine. 
Uh, and uh, I haven't seen her for a long time, so it was uh, good. it's a good catch-up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you start off usually somewhere around Johnson Street and then uh, um, get to talk all the way almost to Victoria Parade. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> it is. A, I, ran in, I ran into somebody the other day. I haven't seen Jeff, I think, for about three or four years on the um, People Move. Uh, it's wonderful that sort of haphazard stance of just somebody driving past, riding past you. I rode past somebody about three or four months ago and we both go, oh, <laughs> we both stopped and turned around. It was really quite funny. <laughs> uh, I might, I'll pinch your, no, no, I'm not going to pinch your bike moment. Andrew, you got something to share with us? Yeah, I actually have to, Val. Um, on the way here, I was going up Queensbury Street and near the corner of Swanston, looked over to my left uh. and there's another guy there on a road bike and I've got my road bike with expensive wheels and he just had a look and he goes they're quite ex- quite an expensive you know commuter bike and I said oh, and then we just started a conversation there and it reminded me how many conversations I've actually had on the bike and how op- how open and wonderful just having a bike is that you have these amazing moments and I can't recall yeah. I've had literally thousands of moments of chatting and this was just a micro one he turned left at Swanston otherwise I would have kept chatting to him going up yeah. Quanson Street uh. And it's, I'm pulling up, I'm turning right, I'm from Glen Lyon Road or something there down there. And um, on the left of me going straight is this period, perfect, correct, with all the old lights, this Peugeot Blue Mixie, obviously made in France, not the junky ones that come yeah. from Adelaide. Mm. And straight said to the young woman, I said, now that is something. So then you get the story of her grandmother's bike. You know, so yeah. it's it's not, you know, I said, well, you didn't find that on eBay somewhere. No, she said, handed down through the family. And there it was, still in one thing. Actually, great. My bike moment's something a little bit different, though. I'm living in a street surrounded by under 10s with, I think, two over 10s in it. So it's great. It's basketball, cricket going on. And, of course, riding bikes around. And one of the kids across the road, 12 or 13, quite good at doing the monos all the way down the street, about 100 metres mm. back and forth. Lovely little five-year-old now on her little pink 20-inch bike trying to do the monos down the street. <laughs> it's just absolutely <laughs> perfect. I go to work and then the blokes who bring the bikes in at night pop a mono as they ride it in. I said, well, there's not much difference between everybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was just so delightful to watch. You know, uh, We must move on to something. News? News. Election um, news? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I was looking at uh, some news because tomorrow's Cup Day. Yes. Let's when see. you're listening to this program, um, it'll be Cup Day tomorrow. And uh, there's been a, a bit of a thing in uh, Melbourne, particularly over the last 10 years, like the hashtag ride bikes, not ponies. Yep. And, uh um, a few people at different times have organised or unorganised the idea that you join a ride on Cup Day and yes. uh, celebrate mm. the day off that way. So um, one thing I did pick up during some research for other things was <coughs> the tradition of having a, a bike ride on Cup Day goes back quite a long way in Melbourne. Mm. In 1896... There we go. The League of Victorian Wheelmen organised the first Melbourne, the first Cup Day Century Run, and ah. it was the first 
century official event century run held in Melbourne um, that wasn't a race that it was a sort of social ride open to a broader range of people so yeah. for example whereas the League of Victorian women um, would not uh, recognize any race that involved women women could take part in the century run because it was a social it wasn't ride. a race yeah. although a lot of the league were still against that but there were a few men involved who were um, champions of a lot of the women riders at the time so and the cup day century run went on for four years to 1899 I don't know why it stopped after that there was a change in sort of a lot of the people who were involved in organizing those things around that period so that Mm -hmm. might be it but the first century run in 1896, um, 164 people registered, 142 were judged to have successfully completed it. And so you had, similar to like a brevet card, you had to get uh, yep. go through checkpoints yep. and marshals. Um, Treasure hunt. And, yeah, for an idea of the route, they start, set off from the old government house uh, went past the GPO, Essendon, Tullamarine, Buller, Romsey, the Lancefield Road. Co- couldn't read the next few. Uh, Rochford, Woodend, Gisborne, The Gap, Diggers Rest, Keylor, and finished at Haymarket. Some serious hills in there. In there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some very serious. Yeah. On, all, their, on their fixies. All riding one by 11, so, yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, <laughs> in some good, warm tweed and... Marino, uh, eight women registered, five of them completed, uh, and two of them went on to become champion lady cyclists in uh, Melbourne. Okay. So, Sounds like a tough route. I, I, I've, I'm really tempted to map out that route. I know a lot of it, you wouldn't, like, some of it's the Buller Road and, yeah. and things, but, you know, a lot of it you can find adjacent routes that yeah. will take you. Along almost the same. But it would have been a dirt track back then. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. it would have been rutted and... Yeah. Yep. And all that red dirt that's out that way. And, and metal. And up and down and mm. up and down. They, uh, they spread uh, metal on the roads to help with the wet and the ruts. And when that had been compressed, it wasn't too bad to ride on. But when it was new, it was that was another um, issue for cyclists at the time. One of the women who did it, she lived in Sunbury, so she would ride down Buller Road to meetings in the city. City. Uh-huh. At night. When, you know, so that is pitch black through the bush mm. and uh-huh. before they had lights on their bikes. They would have the carbide lights back then. Uh-huh. Yeah, they, wait, yeah. wait, wait till the moon came up. That's yeah. when you rode down the town. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, um, it's so much was a – two things. It's a great day to ride the bike around Melbourne on Cup Day, especially at about 3 o'clock yeah. in the afternoon. Yeah. Five or six o'clock, I wouldn't be anywhere near no, the city streets. <laughs> but, you know, at that little pot of time, if you want to do the bay ride or something like that, it's always quite nice and easy. And yeah. the century run there, of course, we're talking 160 kilometres. Yes, yeah, that's a century miles. miles. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, anyone who's uh, not sure about what to do on Cup Day should uh, organise a ride. No, no, get away from the ponies. Um, look, I won't bore you with this because this is a continuing story. I should go into it in a little bit more detail when we get a bit of a chance. 
Grigory Rodchenkov is back in the news again. People might know that uh, Russia is now applying to get back into the Olympic fold, but there's a small matter of 2,500 missing samples. And we had the Director General of the Russian Anti-Doping Agency, who's obviously two people high up in his um, position have already met with untimely deaths. So it's interesting to see what happens from here on in. We'll be back talking about communities, how to build a ride. Neat the sunny skies over along the ocean side. 3CR would like to thank our Yarrabug program sponsor, Vacro Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics, and sells bikes to the local community. To find out more, Google Vacro or drop into the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Thursday or Friday. And you're back listening to the Yarrabug Radio Show on 3CR. As we mentioned earlier, our studio guest today is Andrew Talati of Neighbourly Ride. Welcome to the studio again. Um... Look, since we had last had a chat to you about the Neighbourly Ride program, there's been quite a few developments. Maybe you can uh, bring us up to date. Yeah, thank you, Faith. Um, yeah, it's just gone from strength to strength in our local area. We launched Brunswick, yep. um, along with you know working with Brunswick Cycling Club, have been fantastic. So that's our new location. We had it opened um, over five weeks ago now um, by the Deputy Lord Mayor, Mark Riley. Had the local member, Tim Reid, as well. At, at the opening as well and the weather were quite fortunate because it did rain only three hours earlier and for that brief moment it stopped raining and we had an amazing um, turnout for it and that's our second location we've been approached by someone in Geelong to open Neighbourly Ride there oh, as awesome. well and also Sunshine Coast and we met with Sunshine Coast Council uh, last Monday actually so chat about opening a Neighbourly Ride up there possibly I mean obviously it's just initial discussion but yeah, yeah. It's amazing that it just resonates with people and they're sort of saying, oh, it's a bit of a movement that getting yeah. people, it's about building community, about getting yeah. people on bikes and that focus. And people have just come, you know, someone just seeing one of our flyers on a post yep. coming down to into Melbourne, yep. just two people and yep. contacting me saying, hey, I love what you're doing. How do I get involved in this? So they're the moments you have when you go, wow, this is quite something a lot larger than what my wife Sue and I have created. Yeah. yeah. And maybe just uh, refresh our memories, or for listeners who might not have heard the first show, on uh, the whole concept of Neighbourly Ride and how that works. Yeah, Neighbourly Ride essentially is to get people who have got a bike, so maybe it's if it's in Brunswick, sitting on you know wedged between the side of the house, <laughs> yep. um, and building people's confidence to get that bike, uh, preferably getting it serviced. And bring it to our rights. We're about building confidence, about building local communities, and about finding safe places to ride because we're currently working with City of Moreland and just highlighting those, all those great infrastructure they have put in and painted bike lanes. Obviously, our areas are high stress, but we're trying to support local business as well. Yep. Trying to support, you know, even libraries, how people access libraries, how, where the local parks are. There are an amazing number of parks in Moreland. We're currently working in that jurisdiction in that uh, local government area. 
So it's really about saying to people, hey, you've seen our flyer, you've seen our, some information about what we do, how about you give it a go? It's at social pace. We, mm. you know, our pace is really anyone from 8 to 8, 80. But I have to correct that because we've got a regular 81-year-old that comes on and is an e-bike. <laughs> <laughs> And we've and we're going to have our first uh, family that's got a trailer as well. Yeah. So we're trying to really just open it up to families as well. And having a single and we've got one regular family that come to Brunswick. There's three of them. It's a mother and and her two children that are eight and ten, and they're loving it because it gets an opportunity for them to ride, you know, at a nice yeah. local yeah. pace to get and in a safe environment. Yeah, Andrew. Uh, Sometimes I'm held up at one of the lights in Melbourne on my way to work. I can't help notice that there's always one of your little flyers there. Run through me what happens. I grab a flyer. I either email you or give you a ring. What happens next? The idea is for people to go onto our website. I actually met a woman this morning. I was at the – and she was actually looking at the flyers. I was on Brunswick Street um, and where the Capital City Trail is. Yep. And I was putting up my tags, and she looked at me, and I said, oh, she's interested in what this is. So there's actually one on the ground, so I picked it up because I don't want to waste the, yeah. waste the tags. She goes, oh, I've already got one. And I said, oh, really? She goes, yeah, I want to come. I've got the bike. And I think for people, by the time, there is a massive process for people to get on the bike. So I think uh, when they actually take the action, I'm not talking about your regular commuters, uh, um, your more confident rider. I'm talking about someone that's got all these barriers to participation, all these barriers of, you know, why they're not riding. Yeah. And it may take that person who I saw today, and maybe she's listening to the show, that she may need to see it. Maybe there might even need to be a, a program that we run with the local council to say, okay, this is how you, how you get back onto your bike, bike. Uh-huh. how to learn those basic skills. So it's a big process. We've almost handed out, when I say handed out, actually, we've tagged, tw- we've had 20,000 of those little tags yeah, yeah. taken off the poles yeah, around yeah, yeah. Moreland and Yarra. And so f- for people that we're trying to attract to the rides, it's a lot of barriers that they have to overcome before yeah. they actually... Cheat, yeah. And grabbing, it's just the beginning. That's the beginning yeah, of the yeah, process. Yeah. And I think um, the, the social, you can't understate how important the social element is um, I know when we ran some similar programs with the squeaky wheel, that for that un, that that rider who's thinking, well, I could jump on my bike and go for a ride, but what happens if I get a flat? What happens if I can't work out how to? And that discomfort of just not feeling at home on the bike or on the capital city trail or knowing what's coming, that social element is the thing that will get them A, to the first ride, often with a friend or the promise of a social thing, or and then carry them through. Like that's that's what, after your ride, will get them to then decide to use the bike again. Maybe there's someone who can ride to the library with them or they've done the route now so they don't feel so like it's so alien. Absolutely. We've had a lot of friendships. We do start from one bike shop and we're close to another bike shop in Brunswick. So the idea is, yeah, to get them to overcome something as simple as how do I change a tyre? And they may go, wow, I want to do this, but I'm a bit worried to get there. What happens if I get a flat tyre? What happens if the chain comes off? All these little things that a lot of uh, confident regular riders take for granted is a massive barrier. And and even... It's highly unlikely they will get a flat tire. Yeah. It's like, very unlikely. But, but it's, it's the thought, if you're not got the confidence, that thought is enough to stop you. Absolutely. So yeah. 
if they if they're in the knowledge that if something happens on the ride, it can be managed. You know, yep. we can fix a puncture and we or, can get them on there. Like I used to tell some people, you can lock it up and get it on a tram. Okay. Yes. Come yeah, and get it later. It's not the end of the world. No, I mean... It's, get a taxi. Yeah. And yeah. We are, and, and Neighbourly Ride is about Neighbourly. It is about yeah. local. So yeah. people that come are going to be... You know, the area or catchment, if you want to call it that, yeah. will be two or three kilometres. So yeah. in reality, yeah. they can always walk the bike back. Yeah. I've got yeah. a vision of a newbie coming on your ride. There are six or seven other people. They do get a flat tyre. But five or six of those people all pick up the bike and fix the flat tire. Yeah. You know, so it's not a you know, it's that's part of the community thing about it is you don't have to tick all those boxes all no. the time. Yeah. Well that's you what know. we're trying to do is to yeah. build community. And I think as a society we've moved away from community. All our local bedrocks that were part of community, even the local milk bar doesn't exist. Yeah. That's yeah. where we'd catch up with people. We yeah. knew our neighbours, we don't really know our neighbours anymore. Yeah. We've got these insanely busy lives. We're totally disconnected. We're probably the most digitally connected, but we're probably the most disconnected in real life. We don't really know that many people around us anymore. We don't connect with people. We go on public transport. We've got a head down on our screens. So we're saying, hey, look up, meet someone. And a big part of it, and the World Health Organization's identified loneliness as a major um, problem that's rising now, loneliness yeah. and isolation, because yeah. we are becoming more isolated. You know, yeah. Think about even Uber. And it's everything comes to your front door. You don't even have to venture outside. So mm. we're trying to get people outside connecting. I love there was an old ad of Telstra that showed a cross-section of the two-storey house. There were probably 12 people, eight people in the house, all in their individual rooms, <laughs> all looking at a screen. This was an ad for Telstra. I'm going, God, you want to see disintegration of the nuclear family? <laughs> I've done it already. <laughs> anyway, yes, it is and. The other thing is, of course, we're talking about talking about the person with the bike next door to you. Nobody else does that. No. Apart from people walking their dogs in yeah. a local park, yeah. which is now it's highlighted because it's one of those few community things. There's no tennis club down at the local church. There are no balls or dances down at the right. local hall. All those things are gone. All we're left is these others. And I think that's what's wrong. So, <laughs> I think that's what's resonating with people is that they really, and as human beings, we need social interaction. Obviously, yeah. there's a small proportion that don't, but generally, we need that human, and that's why we're getting the mental health, anxiety, depression. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that um, besides the community of other people who are riding, you know, it is a fact that people who walk or ride through their local community have stronger connections and know more about what's going on and feel safer. And yeah. like we we know that from research, so it's it grounds people in that way as well. Absolutely, and it's about that visibility as well. So the more if you, if I'm riding, I see another cyclist, I feel yeah. a bit safer yeah. in that knowledge. And the more the cyclists that are out there, unfortunately, we can't wait for that um, Nirvana that happens in Amsterdam or the Dutchies what they're doing. But event, eventually, if there's more people riding our local streets, then yeah. it does it does open up the dialogue with councillors say, well, maybe we, ch- we change the speed limits or maybe we put more traffic management in there to yeah. make it safer for cycling. What's well, got even in the Netherlands, I mean, the uh, main roads have separated bike lanes, but most people's, most of their cycling is being done on those small local roads with the 40-kilometre speed limits like in Moorland. And it is that uh, the safety is... Purely through the visibility of the volume of cyclists, you know, it's there's, you know, they're still relying on that. 
largely, and and that is what you see working in communities like Moreland where you can get a certain percentage of riders. Absolutely, and Darabin do that as well. They call yep. it shimmy routes, yep. which actually navigates around. And I came via a shimmy route today after I did my tagging and posting. <laughs> and I was... And it was very comforting to see so many people using these back streets. And I'm, yeah. I'm probably the, you know, in the 5 or 10% of the daredevil ride that will go between on an you know, 80, 100 kilometre hour road. Yeah. But even myself now, I'm actually preferring to take, I'm going off Sydney Road, I'm using these shimmy yeah. routes. Yeah. And it is more pleasant. I mean, you're looking yeah, yeah, around, yeah. it's also the mindfulness. Yeah. The scale it's, is better the for scale. you. The noise is relaxed yep. and the noise is on busy roads, I find hard. Anyway, hard to cope with sometimes. Well, you don't have to spend, you don't need the attention. No. Um, like comparing riding down Sydney Road where you've got trams, pedestrians wandering out, car doors and moving traffic, and then you go down the Brunswick East Shimmy you know, where it's it's just starting to get this nice yeah. flow with all the little bits of joining infrastructure in it and you're in a, a long Congo line of flowy cyclists as yeah. they, and you can see them ahead. And one of the things I like about that is you get to certain points. I remember when I first started using it years ago and you'd see quite a lot of cyclists peeling off up a side street and you think, Ooh. what's up there? Or And then discover that's how you get to... The other Another one. connection. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> or they peel off, you're riding the same route. We've both ridden another 200 metres and they pop up out of the side street in front yes. of you. And you go, How did that how'd happen? you get there? But with, <laughs> but with well, a tray of donuts. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we do with neighbourly rides. So one of them is, and I did the same thing. I found that you know, as you're aware, there's that little opening at the end of Park Street goes to yeah. Brunswick Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's literally like one foot wide. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I saw someone disappearing up there. Go, where's this little pathway? It's this old cobblestone laneway. Yeah, yeah. Two, fen- two, you know, homes with the fences on the corner, and there's this little. Op- you'd never know. You'd blink and you miss yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But only like you said, there's that natural procession of bike riders. You go, oh wow, that's pretty cool. And then it's pedestrian crossing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's these little moments. Well, there's, there's a great old saying, you know, cyclists find the spaces in between that people don't use, you know, whether it's in traffic or it's in geography. You know, they ferret out those little tiny And bits. walkers. And but, walkers, and walkers yeah. too. Walkers as well, yeah. Um, so, we, yeah, so if anyone is welcome yes. to yep. join our ride, yes. just head to neighbourlyride.com. Yep. There's plenty of information there, and we understand there are some barriers. Please send me an, inf- an email. Um, there is all there is a contact us form on the website, and I'm hoping I'm more than happy to meet up with you, even if you, you need some confidence or help you to steer you in the right direction and that pathway of where you can take that first step. Maybe you're not ready for neighbourly ride. Maybe the bike's been sitting there for you know ten, twenty years. Yep. Yeah. Maybe there's these other things that may come into play. So I'm more than happy to help you to steer you to get you started on that journey of uh, getting back onto the bike. And just um, so people know, this is if you're in the Moreland area and... and my, principally at the moment, we've got two locations. So it sort of sits on the boundary of City of Melbourne, Yarra as well, yep. Darabin and Moreland. But the two locations technically are in Moreland at the moment. Okay. But we're, yep. we're open to all the adjoining municipalities as well. So as long as you, we're trying to... Live, be, work and play. Live, work and play <laughs> in those areas. Come along. Come along the yep. Labley Ride. And um, Faith and I know plenty of people who've joined these rides, whether it's a Moreland bug, 
whether they're over 65 and actually their life changes. It is amazing. And you see yeah. the transformations that, peop- that people have by just getting on the bike, whether it's through meeting people, through getting their confidence. Yep. And it just opens up a new world to people and they go, wow, I was unaware of this. So it's just yeah. about getting people onto the bike. And that's all we have time for this week. Many thanks, Andrew, for coming in again. Thank you, Great, to, great to see the scheme working so well. Faith, coming up next. Uh, Faith, uh, broadcasters and personnel <laughs> are all. <laughs> see, everyone, everyone here at 3CR is a volunteer and relies on the support of listeners to stay on the air. So if you'd like to make a donation or subscribe, you can do that at 3cr.org.au. Coming up next is Shebop. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.